0: Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. God's will for me is that I would be saved and I would be sanctified, that I would be what? Set apart, that I would become holy, that I would be more like him in my attitude and my actions and my behavior. That's God's will. How do you achieve that? Well, I'm telling you, there's no way to achieve that on your own. It's like the gospel brings that.
1: Welcome to High Point with Ron Zappi, a pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. I'm Steve Smith, and we're in part three of a message that's called Surrendered to God's Plan. Yeah, you
0: know, Steve, God has a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. What's the plan? It's the gospel. It's wrapped up in that one word that reveals the good news that God has sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sin and make it possible for us to have a reconciled relationship with God. So today we're answering the question, how do I know if I have the good news? And what is the good news going to do for me? What's it gonna look like? We're answering that question so that you can have confidence, so that you can begin to share, so that you can help other people understand God's plan for their life. Today, we're talking about what the gospel will do for each of us.
1: Let's dive right into today's message. We're in the book of Colossians chapter one as we continue a series called First Things First. Here's Pastor Ron.
0: As a kid, I used to have to do this all the time. You say, what, Ron? What exactly was it? Well, my dad was like this. It's like he was an engineer, and he used to get dressed up for work every day, and he had a lot of shoes for a man, and I would have to polish his shoes. I'd have to shine his shoes. And one of the things about shoe shining is we've lost this art. Would anybody agree with me on this? Because now what you can buy, yeah, I almost sensed a round of applause over here. But you can buy these little sponges now, and it's like a quick deal, and it's like, it's, it's like everything's got to be fast. Well, I'm telling you, some things aren't that good if you don't do them right, and it takes time. Ron, where are we going with this? I feel like I'm doing that same thing. What I'm doing is I'm taking a trusted, old, pair of shoes that have been worn I'm telling you for by many people for many years and what my job is this morning is I want to do this I want to put a fresh shine on the old pair of shoes of what of the gospel I want to take the gospel and I want to buff it up for you this morning why Because I think at times what happens is it gets worn out. We think it's too old. We think it's out of date. We think it's not relevant. I want to put a new shine on some old truth this morning. I want you to walk out of here encouraged and thankful for what? For the most important thing in our world, the most important thing in our church, the most important thing in you. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Open your Bibles, please. Colossians chapter one. We are in a series. It is entitled First Things First. We're talking about God's plan, surrendering ourselves to God's plan. What's God's plan? God's plan is the gospel. Paul, in his opening letter, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So first fact is this. The gospel is doing what? It's delivering something. It's delivering God's grace and peace second thing if you go ahead and look at verse four you see that paul's complimenting them about their faith the gospel is only accessible by faith that's it doesn't come by works comes exclusively by faith it says in ephesians chapter two it says this for as by the grace of god what is but you've been saved not as a result of works so that no one can boast Point number three, look with me at verse five. Paul says this, he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So again, we're doing a little review. The gospel is the absolute assurance of eternal life. Next thing we talked about is that it's impacting the entire world. You can see that in verse six. Do you see it there in chapter one? It says this, look at what it says. It says, It's been among you. He's talking about this and he's talking about the fact that it is impacting and bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. The gospel is meant to be shared on verse eight as I jam some more truth about the gospel in your hearts this morning. It says this, he says, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who was Epaphras and verse eight says, and has made known to us your what? your love. Now go ahead and circle or underline that phrase, love in the spirit. Because what's happening here is the Apostle Paul is saying, well, Epaphras did this. He's been talking about all the people in the church that have this unbelievable love for one another. The gospel is proven with love. That's the first thing for this morning. It is proven with love. It is proven through love. It is proven in love. This is the distinguishing characteristic that is what separates us from this world. It's our love that we would have for one another. Whether love, it's like how much they care for one another, how much they come alongside one another. That's the distinguishing characteristic. That's what we as followers of Christ, that's what proves whether or not we have this gospel. Question, God's love or our love? Whose do you think? It's God's love. Look at the end of verse eight. He says, love in what? Love in the spirit. Capital S there says it's apart from you. That's what God has deposited in you. His spirit, the Holy Spirit, which manifests itself in you that gives you a greater capacity to love. So that's what God desires for his kids, that we would love other people, but he recognizes that we can't do it on ourself. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it on our own. That he does what? That he works through us and he wants to manifest that love through the Spirit of God in us. My prayer for our church is that we would do what? That we would be known that this place, this four-story building off of I-88 right here in the western suburbs of Chicago, this place would be different than the world. How? That... It would be different in the way that we care for one another and the way we help one another in the midst of difficulty and trials. That our love, that you'd walk into this place and you just feel something different. Ron, how's it going? I tell you this, it's going pretty well. But we can do better. There's always room for improvement. And I say this, we can do a lot better when it comes to love. Why? Because the gospel is, proves... Whether or not we are followers of Christ, it proves that we have the love that God has given to us. It's a love that goes beyond what we can do. It's a love that God gives to us. Look with me at verse 9. I wrote this down. The gospel transforms my daily life. He says, and so from the day we heard, so it's like we heard about this Colossian church, what have we been doing? Uh, We have not ceased to pray for you. So we're getting into the prayer. What's the specific prayer that Paul has been praying? He says, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. There it is. He's like, we want to fill you guys up. What? Not halfway, but fill to the brim. What do we want to fill you with? I want to fill you with knowledge. Let's stop right there. That word knowledge, go ahead and underline it, circle it. It comes from the Greek word gnosko. It has to do with this. It's not just um, knowledge like book smarts or information that i put in my head it's not book smarts it's more about this it's the combination of what i learned from the books and what i learned on the street it's knowledge that's gained through personal experience that's what's wrapped up into that interesting word that's translated for us it's the difference between i don't know watching the food network and actually getting into the kitchen and I'm telling you, getting the pots and pans ready and and making a a dinner. It's the difference from what? From just knowing what I'm supposed to do and writing a cookbook versus what? Versus I'm telling you, I just cooked the best meal that you could ever possibly have. What's this knowledge? This knowledge is about personal experience. It's grounded in that. It's like the difference between, I don't know, Playing Madden 12 and putting the pads on. are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like I'm at my television or I'm at my box and I'm playing the little game and I'm moving the guy out for a long pass. And Now, that's the difference is I've actually gotten on the field, I've stepped down. I can, I'm telling you this, man, when I get tackled, I get mud in my face. That, that's the knowledge he's talking about. knowledge that's grounded in personal
1: experience. There's more coming up on High Point with Ron Zappia. Today's message is titled, Surrendered to God's Plan. You can request a copy by phone when you call 844-HP-RADIO. There's more to come, so stay with us. Hey, this is Ron Zappia, pastor and teacher on High Point.
0: Every day we're calling men and women to elevate their faith through a fresh encounter with God. We take time to focus our thoughts, arrange our priorities, and encounter God in the midst of our day. Together, we explore God's word, we gain practical insights to guide our daily living. When we do this, we experience a new high point in our faith. Listen, we want you to draw closer to God through his word, get to know him better, and elevate your faith. We get real with what God says about topics like family and marriage, friendships, and living for Christ. On High Point, we're here to encourage you with God's word and provide you an encounter with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey, And I'd love to have you join me. So listen right here every Monday through Friday for High Point.
1: For more Bible teaching resources from Pastor Ron Zappia, head online to www.highpointministries.com. That's highpointministries.com. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappia. And this is just one message from our series called First Things First. You'll find the audio and video for these messages on our website when you go to highpointministries.com. Now, here's Pastor Ron.
0: Well, what kind of knowledge? What comes next? It says knowledge of his, you tell me, of his will. So that's an important thing that he's saying this. I'm praying, Paul's praying for us, he's praying for them, that you would have what? You would have knowledge of God's will. Well, what is God's will? What's God's will for each person? Well, go ahead, get ready, write down these two verses. This will answer the question for you. Sometimes we think it's all about a place, or it's about a person, who am I going to marry, what am I going to do, what's my life going to turn out. It's not about any of those things. That's not the greatest thing that God's concerned about. He's concerned with you. The person is you and what you are becoming, not where you're going. And so God wants this with your will. Go ahead and flip over. We're going to put it on the screen, 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 4. God says this. What's, the, what's his will? He says we desire all people to be what? Faith. To be saved. That's God's will for every single person is that they would be saved. That they would what? That this gospel would become true for them. That they would access it by faith. That they would do what? Come to a place of repentance and faith in Christ where they would turn from their sin and turn to the cross. That That's the gospel. Well, what else? Well I'm going to go ahead and flip over there look at 1st Thessalonians you can keep your finger in Colossians we'll put it up on the screen too 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 says this For this is the will of God your sanctification that you would abstain from sexual immorality Verse 4 goes on to say that each one of you would know how to control his body in holiness and honor He goes on to say, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles, or who are they? People who do not know God. God's will for me is that I would be saved and I would be sanctified, that I would be what? Set apart, that I would become holy, that I would be more like him in my attitude and my actions and my behavior. That's God's will. How do you achieve that? Well, I'm telling you, there's no way to achieve that on your own. It's like the gospel brings that. Like nothing else guarantees that, nothing else promises it. A lot of stuff promise it, but nothing can deliver like the gospel. The gospel, embedded in what it is about, it's foundational, that it is what. It is about transforming your life, taking you from point A and bringing you to point B. It's about you becoming different. It's about you changing and growing. Well, how does that happen? Look what it says in the verse. He goes on to say that we would be filled, that's God's prayer, Paul's prayer for us, that what? We would be filled with knowledge of his will in what? Here's the how. Important words. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's stop right there. Two concepts revealed in three words. Let's take the first thing, spiritual wisdom. What is he talking about when he's saying spiritual wisdom? It's the ability to connect truth with life that's wisdom. It's the ability to do this. It's the ability to take your theology and to have it affect your behavior. Theology without changing behavior is no good at all. It's like, I love theology, and I love studying what the Bible says. But embedded in theology over the course of the last, I don't know, 15 to 20 years, we've gotten this concept that theology is somehow different than our actions and our attitudes and our behavior and our character and embedded that's not the way it was for these guys when they wrote this book and when that pastor was standing up in this church when you said theology it wasn't about some concept that was way up here or some truth that you had to understand it was a, it was brought down literally to do what to change your behavior theology is about what it's about two sides of the same coin it's about what i know and what i do it affects who I am. That is embedded in what it is. The gospel is the transforming power to do what? To take you and make you different. And Paul says, you need this, man. I'm praying that you would have spiritual wisdom. That you would be able to connect your, this truth, this book, what it says here, and that you would connect it in your life. And he goes on and he says, he uses this other word, they're closely related. He says, I'm praying that you would have understanding. And you say, well, what does he mean by understanding? Well, it's interesting. What he's talking about, about understanding there, it's the difference between being a general practitioner and a specialist. It's the difference between, I don't know, it's just like this, I'm a doctor and I know all kinds of things. I'm a general doctor. And like, no, I'm a nose, throat, and ear specialist. And it's the difference between taking a passage of scripture, a principle, a verse, and doing this and stamping it on your life. It's the difference between taking not being able to take in a principle and applying it directly. It's about taking a passage, a principle, and applying it directly to a situation, a circumstance, an attitude, an action. That acts understanding that I would be walking through life and I would see something happen and I'd be able to stop on a dime and I'd be able to insert truth from God's word into that situation, not only to help me, but to help my family and to help other people. That, that's what he's asking. See, the gospel is not only supposed to transform your life, it's supposed to transform the other people around you, their life, by what? By your wisdom and understanding. Well, why do we need that? Why why, why do we need this spiritual understanding? Ever been embarrassed? Have you ever been embarrassed? I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm just a little embarrassed. Like my kids are saying that to me all the time now. Dad, just go ahead and stay in the car, please. It's true. I think we all know what it feels like to be embarrassed. But look with me. We don't want to embarrass God because why do we need this? Look what he says next. I'm telling you, it's all right here in the verse. He says what? That you would, verse 10. Why do we need this wisdom and understanding? So that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. See, there it is right now. My theology is supposed to affect my behavior in such a way that I'm to walk in a way that is worthy. What does the verse go on to say? What What else? And that I would be fully pleasing to God. And that the way I walk and the attitudes that I have and the things that I'm making, I'd be walking in a manner that's pleasing to him, doing what else? Bearing fruit in every good deed. And increasing, what comes next? In the knowledge of God. What he's saying is, he's saying this, he's saying, man, I'm telling you, you're supposed to be walking through life and you're supposed to have such wisdom and such understanding that I'm telling you this, that you're supposed to be transformed in such a way where God is becoming more real in your life and you are becoming more like Christ. How many would agree with me, we miss too many opportunities? And and, and we embarrass our Heavenly Father. And, And the way to not embarrass Him is to walk in a manner that's worthy of Him. And if you're like me, we miss opportunities. What opportunities do we miss? Well, I tell you, we miss a lot of them. It's like this. We know what the Bible says. I think that if I were to take a poll right now and get a mic out there and say, "Okay, what does the Bible say about forgiveness?" And I think each of you could say, "Well, we need to forgive." And when somebody wrongs us, that's we we have to forgive. And I bet you there's many of us in here that we could turn to some passages in Scripture and show us this is where it says that we're to forgive. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4, I think, or somewhere around there, and that we're to be kind, forgiving one another as Christ forgave us. But the problem is, is we miss the opportunities, and too many times in our life we withhold the forgiveness, we fail to forgive. So when we fail to forgive, we're not walking in a way that's worthy or pleasing to the Lord. We have some knowledge of God, but it hasn't been deposited in a way in where our theology has met our behavior and it's changed what we're actually doing on a day-to-day basis. We fail with opportunities to witness. See, we fail to do what? We fail. We know what the Bible says about us sharing our faith, but what happens? Are you like me? What happens is we leave here and we go out there and we fail to do it. We know what the Bible says about giving, giving our time and our talents and our treasure and getting involved in ministry and giving back to the church, a biblical portion, to do what? To take the gospel, to advance it to new places. We know what the Bible says about that, but too many people are failing to give. In the evangelical church, it says that most people give three to four percent. There's something called the tithe, isn't there? Where that's not the ending place. That's supposed to be the starting place. But too many of us, we know what the Bible says, but we fail to do it on what? On a daily basis. Well, that's why Paul's saying, he said, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying that you would be filled with all Wisdom. Spiritual wisdom and all understanding. Because why? Because I'm telling you, the gospel is what strengthens. It's what does this. It transforms our daily life.
1: Pastor Ron Zappia showing us the importance of surrendering to God's plan. You're listening to High Point in this study in Colossians as part of a series called First Things First. You can access the audio and video on our website when you go to HighPointMinistries.com. Well, Ron, I know there's probably somebody listening right now and they've heard this term, it's thrown out the gospel. And uh, honestly, it's never really sunk in. They're kind of like, what does that mean? What are are you saying when you throw out that word? It's not really a word we use uh, every single day. Could you help us out? What is the gospel and how can we embrace it? Yeah, I think the
0: point is this. You know, for those who have heard it over and over again, sometimes we're just deafened to the fact that that is the solution, that is the reality, that's what this life is to be all about, the gospel. So if you've been churched, you've probably heard it, but make sure it just doesn't, you know, go in one ear and out the other. Some people think it's this it's just, you know, how we begin our relationship with God. Well, now it's about the whole thing. Others, they've been confused. Maybe you're like me and you grew up in a church where The gospel was never really proclaimed. You went to church, but you never understood it. You never grabbed hold of it. You had intellectual consent of what Jesus Christ, and you would agree what he did or that he existed and lived, but it just never really got into your life and changed you and moved you and caused you to do different things. That's what this series is all about. We wanna challenge each person to understand the gospel. It's got to hit your head, it's gotta hit your heart, and it's gotta be revealed in your life. The gospel is the simple truth that there is good news. That's what there is, good news. To proclaim the gospel is to proclaim the good news. That's what it means. What's the good news? Jesus died for you. Let me summarize that in four words. Jesus took my place. You should have died on the cross. He took your place. Let me give you it in two words. Substitutionary atonement. That's for the theologians in the room that that substitutionary atonement had to take place for us to satisfy um, God's wrath. That what? That our sins could be forgiven. That's what the gospel is all about. So it's got to hit your head and your heart. And it's got to be revealed in your life. You know, embracing the gospel changes everything. It aligns you with what God wants. Hey, if you've never accepted the gospel, then listen, man, what is keeping you from making that decision right now with your head and with your heart, just confessing your sin to God and asking him for forgiveness, thanking God for sending his son to take your place on the cross. If you haven't done it, do it right now. Today is the day of salvation. Or maybe the truth is you've heard the gospel, but you haven't been living it. And if you want a deeper sense of purpose and presence of God in your life, then do this. Take this challenge, read through Colossians, embrace Jesus, and look to him for your strength and your wisdom.
1: To help you take up this challenge, we've created a resource especially for you. It's called the High Point Journal. And in this journal, Ron Zappia will lead you through a four-part Bible study method called You're going to read, examine, apply, and then pray through Scripture on a daily basis. And there's plenty of room to journal your thoughts down so that your studies will stick with you long after you close the Bible. And with three different reading plans to choose from, there's something for everyone to help you read through the Bible. The High Point Journal is yours when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. So call right now, 844 hp radio or go online to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to write, address your check to High Point Ministries, PO box281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's PO box281, Naperville, Illinois, 605. The High Point Journal is a perfect resource if you want to make your time with God more regular or if you're just longing to go deeper in your daily time with God. So give your financial gift to help us stay on the air and receive your copy of the High Point Journal today. Call 844-477-2346 or online go to highpointministries.com. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to join us tomorrow as we wrap up today's message on being surrendered to God's plan. That's Thursday on High Point with Ron Zappia.